This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. But I do want to credit... Just a fan on Twitter, Doug Russell, who's a sports director at 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, for hitting me with this gem yesterday. And I did not actually didn't know this. I'm sure everybody knew this. I didn't. Uh, a guy by the name of Andy Reid. Heard of him? Uh, he was an assistant up in Green Bay for seven seasons. I knew that. Coached the O-line. I knew that. Tight ends and quarterbacks. But he did not have coordinator experience. I did not know that. And what did he do? I don't know nothing. Just went on to be one of the greatest coaches to ever live, with patience, by the way. Philly to Kansas City, with patience. So with it being written in Mayo's contract, I'm all having this sort of, you don't think he was like soaking up everything, taking notes, osmosis, figuring everything out with Bill, with like, with the organization, all of that. We act like, also, we act like there's no strikeout rate at all when it comes to great coordinators being head coaches. Like, it always works out great, question mark. Not to say names, Josh McDaniel is just one of them. Case in point, like, we've seen guys excellent, brilliant at the coordinator level not work out as head coaches a lot. It's a crapshoot. And so the smart ones, in my opinion, bet on people. We've heard it from Hall of Famers, Howie Long, future Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski, every like legit legend that we've had on the show. Being a great head coach is about being able to get in front of the room and lead and command respect and be level-headed in a certain way. And from Everything everybody's ever said, and anybody who's ever been around him, that is Gerard's. Kay Adams from the FanDuel TV Up and Adams show yesterday, voicing support and preaching, preaching, dare I say, patience as far as letting Gerard Mayo develop into his own coach. But of course, we are an on demand society where you need success, awesomeness, clicks, relevance, playoffs, and championships, something that Robert Kraft has been one to express a desire for time and time again, and we'll see if Mayo can get there. But to to those that are saying he wasn't a coach long enough, they rushed to judgment. They should have interviewed more people. What about Vrabel? Hey, some people have, have some hope and faith in the young guy that hasn't been a lot of other places as well. Once again, his introductory press conference this Wednesday, high noon, and of course we'll carry it here live on WEI and be discussing it with you on Boston Sports Original for quite some time thereafter as well. Andy, yesterday the narrative kind of uh, changed a little bit, though, or at least we experienced a a wrinkle and a peek behind the curtain once again in the Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta Jr. piece, uh, and Wright Thompson as well, I should say, contributed to the piece that ran as an ESPN Insider or ESPN Plus piece yesterday on their .com. Uh Kind of a uh, kind of showing a real, an interesting, an upsetting, uh, informative, relevant, and altogether, I don't know. I won't say, de- excuse me, devastating, but I will say unexpectedly unpleasant look at how things went down over the tail end of things between Bill Belichick, Robert, and Jonathan Kraft, the Patriots, and Team Belichick over the end the last couple of years, and it wasn't any surprise to me that the piece began 
with basically tracing back to when Tom Brady left and went on to win a Super Bowl. That opening quote, the same way that the Danny Amendola line this week gained a lot of traction from the Dynasty trailer, we worked for Bill, we played for Tom. That line of Robert Kraft basically saying, I trusted him when he said he couldn't play anymore, speaking in reference to Tom Brady, and he just went and won the effing Super Bowl. That right there should have told you, like, the rift was the rift was made, and there was probably no coming back, not only between a lot of fans and ownership and Belichick, but between ownership and Belichick as well. That one calculated move right there kind of backfired on him, and it was pretty much precipitously downhill from there as far as we came to learn between the Crafts and Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, decisions and and accomplishments or failures have ramifications. Mm-hmm. And there was no greater decision during the Belichick craft era than what and when to do with Tom Brady. You know, you see it in all industries. Like, people make careers off of, in the media industry, you break one singular story and it just catapults you to a certain level. And the rest of your career is kind of based on that singular story that you broke. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or movies, or books, right? You You do one thing really well, but also if you flop... You make the rest of your career really hard because you're remembered as the person that flopped. And so it doesn't surprise me that Robert held a grudge. He didn't want to let Tom go. He he has said it this mm-hmm. week. He's the emotional fan. And he didn't want to let Tom go, but he trusted his guy, Bill Belichick. And it could not have blown up in more uh, immediate and spectacular fashion than for Tom to go to Tampa and win the Super Bowl. And for him to hold that against him, yeah, I didn't want to do it. I trusted you. I trusted you and you effed me. You were dead wrong. So, yes, that was interesting start. To me, the WTF moment reading that long, long story, and I don't even know how long it actually is because it's when you read it on your phone, you lose perspective mm-hmm. as to how long it is, but the what the bleep moment was the line about the new coach who swings a baseball bat over people's heads during meetings. Yeah, what was that? That was like Al Capone and the Untouchables. I, I, don't, I don't need I, a... The principal, Joe, what's his name? Now they call me Batman from the, uh, was it Lean on Me, the movie with Morgan Freeman? Like, I, what was that what Was that all about? And this really does give credence to what Gerard Mayo answered to last week, the whole rub some people the wrong way. If he knew and signed a deal that we didn't know about until just a couple of days ago, if he had the empowerment of, yeah, well, I mean, I signed a deal. I knew the whole year I was going to be the next head coach. And it turns out since the season went down the toilet, I... Uh, I, I knew that, you know, the two year plan they told me that I was signed to was hastened now and it was going to be a one year deal. I can sort of understand why there may have been a little empowerment and how that would have been seen as a, abrasive to those most loyal to Bill Belichick in the building this year. But you're swinging a baseball bat over people's heads. That's the first time I've ever questioned whether Gerard Mayo will work. And I don't even know what the point of the story was or what like because there's people that hold baseball bats for thinking. Didn't Tom Cruise do that in uh, A Few Good Men? Wasn't he a lawyer who liked to hold a baseball bat while they held all their meetings before they go in the courtroom? But I don't think he was threatening people with it. I don't think he was. Was Gerard Mayo threatening people? Like I, I didn't understand that, but I felt like it was intentionally included to send some sort of a message. I don't know. Um, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Uh, But there were just so many layers of intersprinkled Jonathan and what his relationship with Bill was, and a defensiveness for the way Bill treated. Robert and wouldn't look him in the eye. We've known this forever. Like we've heard stories that um, 
Bill and Jonathan didn't necessarily see eye to eye, right? And some of yeah, it. Remember the written, hug, the the or the 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 brusque handshake between the two at Vrabel's Hall of Fame introduction. I, I mean, it's been going on for years, so it doesn't surprise me. And I also um, support Jonathan as a son. Like, if you're gonna, and we saw it. I'll go back to the football life where Robert's in Bill's office, and Bill is basically as dismissive as you can be to Robert. Like. Isn't he eating peanuts and just ignores him and then kind of like Robert goes away? Like, my dad owns this team. Treat him with the respect he deserves. And if you don't, it's going to piss me off. I think that's a normal son feeling. And he probably restrained that feeling for many, many, many years. So I actually give Jonathan credit for restraining those feelings. You disrespect my dad, we got a problem. He's my dad. I'm loyal to my dad. That's the reality. So... I don't actually have a problem with that. Um, I know a lot of people are painting Jonathan these days based on this story oh, as the villain. You um, think? I, like, Fitzy, I, I know your father's passed away. Mine, too. We, we can't live it in the present time. But if somebody is disrespectful to your dad and your dad is is their boss or like whatever, like, wouldn't that bother you? Wouldn't that well, leave a mark with you? Of course it would. And there's every reason in the world why I, to- I told you. Way, way back in the when, and there's some other excerpts we want to share and discuss with you guys here from the Wickersham piece, but I told you, you know, after Tom Kern came out a few weeks later and said, like, the decision was made after the failure in the Germany game, I told you I could almost pinpoint the moment and bust my chops as the Foxborough fanboy, the homer and the honk, whatever. Sometimes I have a pretty good sense and feel for these things as well. I said last year on the air with Rich Keefe, the second that press release came out, saying the Patriots were making every overture to hold on to Gerard Mayo. I, 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 I believe I was the first one in town to say, sounds like a succession plan to me. There's your next head coach of the New England Patriots. Why I didn't trust myself enough to just know that all year long is beyond me. But yes, Andy, I told you the second we saw the sad Robert Kraft puffy jacket meme uh, that, that came of the failure of the Patriots offense in Frankfurt, I was like, he's done. He's absolutely done. And I guarantee you, that's when Tom Curran probably heard Jonathan Kraft say, that's it, I've had it. He's not, he's not, he's not offending, he's not making a mockery of. He, my dad is now a meme. My dad is a joke because of what's gone on with, with what he believed to be Belichick and the offensive failures. So, yeah, I understand where that probably came from. I don't necessarily disagree with it either. And Jonathan Kraft, of all the people in Seth Wickersham's piece, and all you have to do is type in Jonathan Kraft, folks, into the Twix platform, and you'll see what everyone is saying about him now, including a lot of longtime loyal dyed-in-the-wool Pats fans. It's none too flattering, but I hear your heart. I do. And and no one revered, respected, and adored their father more than Bill Belichick, so I would have liked to have thought that Bill could even understand it. And if you can't understand it as a fan, then I don't really want to be your dad. I'll tell you that much, because to me, fathers and sons should have a certain unbreakable, unbreakable bond. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have a fault with Jonathan. Now, a lot of the other stuff that may be going on and ongoing, and does he want to be Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones? Are they uh, reimagining the Patriot way with the crafts at the centerpiece of all football operations? Are they, did they, you know, bite their tongue for so long that now the pendulum has to swing the other way? Much like, you know, how there's always that reactionary when you go from the disciplinarian coach, you have to hire the players' coach. It's, it happens all the time in sports, all sports. It almost feels like, well, Bill Belichick ran the Patriots for so long, it was one mind, one voice, one face. The Rob, the Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft want to kind of reassert themselves as the owners of the Patriots. This is our team. I think that's natural. Um, so I, I, I think some of the questions about Jonathan are understandable, but some of the uh, vilification of him, 
I don't know. I'd defend my dad, too. 617-779. Yeah, he's not right. Not here. All the, but if you yeah. urinate on his grave, I'm coming for you. Uh, you know, hey, listen. You know, I always say, like, uh, you know, my dad was such a, you know, uh, there are a million different things to fault him for, mock him for, and bust his chops for. And, yeah, you can also be like, thanks a lot, Mr. Stevens. It, it was your persona that basically helped, helped Nick craft the Fitzy persona. I'm not sure whether to thank you, blame you, or both for all of it, but the same time whatever it may be like we're here on you know if if our if our dads are not initially our best friends and our idols for as long as possible and someone we we won't defend then there's i think more often something wrong with us and not something wrong with the dad of course that dad could also be uh you know Jeffrey Dahmer but then again <laughs> hopefully that took a uh, turn yeah, it did take a little bit of a turn. I was looking for a slightly negative dad example. He wasn't a dad, but just a terrible person overall. That said, we're here to discuss the Seth Wickersham piece as well. If you had a chance to read it, um, I, I was pretty compelled, Andy. We got to go to break now, and we'll grab some calls on the other side. Um, I love the New York Post headline: Bill Belichick refused to bench Mac Jones as fu to Robert Kraft, says a confidant. Whew, so meant all those things that we sort of said half jokingly all season long. Like, do you think he left him in there in that game, even though he already threw three picks as sort of a screw you to craft? Like, nah, there's no way. Maybe. Hmm. Oh boy, what a year it was. Lucky us for having gotten to cover it on the Six Rings podcast, Six Rings post game show, and more. What do you guys have to say? Six one seven 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 nine seven nine through seven. Your number, Joe Braverman. Trending now. Us on the other side. Here we go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Got a box for all that jewelry? What you talking about, Coach? Hope that's not your whole rookie signing bonus. <laughs> no, it ain't. I hope it. I hope it isn't. That Mayo is pretty conservative. I can't see one new thing that he's bought since I met him. The two trucks. Yeah, he's gonna get another truck. Oh, you never know when those first two might break down. You need that third one. <laughs> the hell's he need three trucks for? That's first round money, coach. Hey, tell him go first round money. The boy got his own money. Hey, are you getting ready to buy another truck? Yeah, bro. Yeah. What do you got? A whole showroom of it? I got an F two fifty one. Three trucks? I got one. Coach. Okay. That is a great clip. Kudos to whoever unearthed that one and started passing it around the interwebs in the last forty eight hours. That's Bill Belichick talking to another rookie first rounder about holding on to their money and saying how thrifty and cheap Gerard Mayo was and then finding out Gerard Mayo had bought a uh, like a fleet of cars and that that voice you heard in the background Andy that's he's honestly the best that was uh Randy Moss yelling out that's first round money coach god was he great straight cash homie honestly truly one of the best. That's first round money, coach. Hey, tell him go first round money. <laughs> Even better than that, Gerard no Mayo. Gerard Mayo calls it pre-CBA first round money before they fixed the imbalance in contracts and all the hype. Right. 
he calls it first round pre CBA money. He's always thrown that around and said he's set for life. He admits it. Like he doesn't need to work. He doesn't need to pursue things. He does things that interest him that are passionate. So and and the funny part about that was, you know they they called him Bill Junior from like day one because he was right. like the the perfect defensive mind linebacker. Some players actually thought he was a bit of a brown noser and um there were some mm-hmm. people that didn't say it in a complimentary way back then. But yeah, he was Bill Junior from his arrival in New England and now he's Bill's replacement. And that is what is so predictable and yet ironic and that may have been what was so tough for bill belichick to swallow it's like wow i accidentally sort of like drafted coached up and groomed my clone or like my replacement like it's even though he's only half his age and there's no reason why any of it wouldn't possibly be a bitter pill for bill belichick to swallow because as we read in the seth wickersham piece as well he didn't want to leave he wanted to stick around he wanted to keep coaching and he very well may stick around and keep coaching uh, who knows where? If you had to, if you had to bet now, Andy, before we uh, get back to the calls and start talking some wild card weekend football as well, right now, just you know, put your put your money where your mouth is. Uh, where do you think he ends up? Well, everybody keeps saying Atlanta. I hate it. I hate it with a passion because I think he's bigger and better than Atlanta. I just don't like the idea of him in Atlanta. I don't think it'll work out great for him. Oh, it's three twenty eight all over again, bro. I want him. I want him in Dallas in the worst of ways. So I'll sometimes I bet simply with my heart because I'm going to watch a game. Oh, the Celtics are on. I'm going to put uh, over 24 points on Jalen Brown because that's what I want to see. I'm a Jalen Brown fan, so I put a little money on it. So uh-huh. this I'm going to bet with my heart what I want to see. He's going to the Dallas Cowboys. They get beat by the Packers by 25 tomorrow. Jerry Jones flips out, cans McCarthy, and Bill's in there by next week. 25 points holy i said i'm going with my heart i, I, I don't you actually were, you were supposed you're you supposed to wait till after the show to crack into your first beverage guy holy i'm just God. trying to have fun i want him to be with the cowboys so badly it would be I, I gotta tell you honestly the one the one my favorite chaos theory involving bill belichick tampa go uh you know now with aj brown out matt patricia having just basically ruined the defense that was already in tatters for the the eagles devonta smith is hurt apparently jalen Hertz can barely throw a football right now. Like they're in trouble Monday night against a Bucks team that is playing with house money and has really nothing to lose except for a football game, a game they barely got into in the first place. If they lose Monday night, can you imagine if Jeffrey Laurie and, and Howie Roseman are like, I know you took us to the Super Bowl last year and had one of the best seasons in NFL history. You fired. And yeah, they bring I hate in Belichick. I hate that idea because I think that's Chaos. a terrible precedent. Oh, it would be terrible. An awful it precedent. ruins sports. You go to a Super Bowl and then you start the following year ten and one, and you still get fired unless there's a scandal involving, I don't know, your secretary and monkeys. You should not be fired after those things happen. So, Joe, please um, save that drop. <laughs> I, I, I. I know people are rooting for that, and I've actually heard it enough that I think it's a, a possibility. Um, the secretary and the no, 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 not that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I just, to me, that sets the precedent of what you do really doesn't matter in this, like, what have you done for me lately world. And I'm not a Nick Sirianni guy. I actually think he's a bit of a clown. I don't really care oh, for that him. That Kansas City clip when he was like, dink. hey, I don't hear you may making too much noise now, huh? What a dink. He won't that be making a... much noise. Maybe you t- spin it around. Fire his ass. He's a dink. All right. There we go. We've got a couple nice clips out of that one as well. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Good job. Your secretary Six... and monkeys. <laughs> we have officially changed the name of the Six Rings podcast to Your Secretary and Monkeys. Available now on the Odyssey app. Your Secretary app. and Monkeys. <laughs> Wherever 
football podcast can be found. Back to the phones. Let us speak to you, the good people of Patriots Nation and the listeners of WEEI. Uh, Jim's in Winchester. What's up, Jim? Oh, hi. Great show this morning. And uh, just looping back to the mail, uh, yeah, it was a two-year plan. I know this season was awful in many ways, but the defense was good enough to take him into the playoffs, I think. Uh, he's got thin skin. You know, when he was trying to play down that leak and also the baseball uh, swinging thing, that mm-hmm. that causes me a little concern. But otherwise, I think he's uh, it, it's a it's an inevitable move. It just came a year earlier, and I I, I support that. Uh, let's see what happens. What do you guys think about the draft? Uh, I, I mean, I it's think it's really important. pivotal that they. Oh my God! I mean, I think they should go for a receiver first mainly because there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, and you can get at least two you can work with, maybe, um, that are in the top ten. I, I think so. I think Bo Dix, you know, and maybe draft somebody fan? else. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of quarterbacks out there. Are any of them good? Yeah. Well, there should be five uh, probably, well, Jim. Jim, uh, sorry to cut you out yeah. there, Jim, but uh, got a bunch of no, other calls. No, that's I okay. Get. No, thank you. you. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you for calling in today, Jim. Appreciate you listening this morning. Quarterbacks this grow on trees. They're like leaves. you got to rake them up and bag them up and take them to the compost heap. Uh, <laughs> unless they work out, and then you end up going to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And, of course, unless they get involved in scandals with Patriot, uh, with secretaries and monkeys as well. Look, Who there's five quarterbacks. says there's quarterbacks out there? Like he's just five, flipping, what, like, five or six going to go in the first round, Andy? Uh, yeah. Probably uh, five. Okay. Yeah, maybe six. Yeah, yeah. Right. Five or six is fair. Um, but get, of those five or six, how many will be starting quarterbacks in the same team in four years, five years, two? Great question, right? So, I mean, like this idea that the uh, you can always get a quarterback. Yeah, tell that to most of the NFL because when you get one, you hold on to that for dear life and you don't ever let it go because that's yeah. I I gotta tell you, apart. whoa, whoa, that got intense. Um, I for I for one feel like the Patriots are as much as they know they need a quarterback. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback first. What do I think of the draft? Asks Jim in Winchester. I would love to see nothing more than the Patriots swing, swing big, swing deep, and go with somebody like a Jaden Daniels. Unless, of course, he turns out to be such a combine champ and workout warrior that he blows people away and convinces the Washington Football Team to take him second overall. In which case, I think it makes it much easier to take Marvin Harrison Jr., which is a high floor, high ceiling guy, or a tackle as well, boring as that may be because... If they take a tackle, they're toast. You think so? Yes. It's the worst plan in the history of plans. It's never worked out for anybody other than like the 1992 Rams or whenever the hell what they about took the, a... Wait, 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 hold tight. Hold, what about Tony Baselli, 1995 Jags? How they were, did that work They were out? in the AFC Championship the second year. Yeah, because they got to pick players and they had a quarterback and they had wide receivers. You don't have any of that. If you have a quarterback and wide receivers and want to you take said a tackle, there's 85 million in free agency. You can go buy T. Higgins and someone else. You know who the best tackle on the market is? Not a great tackle market. Trent Brown. Ew. That's what people say. I haven't actually studied to prove it true. It's it might be on when it might be your two tackles. Actually, you might be on when it might be the best available tackle. <laughs> Imagine uh, that. Imagine that after the hobo rumble and everything that went down to actually have the Patriots tackles be the best tackles available. Unbelievable. Uh, on with the calls we go. John's in Southie. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, what's up, Fitz? How are you, buddy? All right. So regarding Mayo, uh-huh. they had to sign him. That's why they didn't talk. That's why they didn't, they didn't look anyplace else because they would have had to have paid him. 
So. That was in his contract. If they, if they didn't make him head coach, they were going to have to pay him off. They would have had to pay him the money. So? So it wasn't, huh? So? Yeah, but, yeah, but why not just, why, why not look around? Wait, what? I mean, why do you have to, why not look for another head coach? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm asking, you're saying they had to sign, well, they had to pay Bill Belichick. He was under contract. You can get out of these things Wait. or you can just pay the money. Like, I think they believe Gerard Mayo is the best man for the job. I, I think they decided that mm-hmm. a year ago, and I think they're sticking with that plan. We can agree or we can disagree, but I actually think they're um, they're somewhat admirable in their uh, faith with the plan that they put in place. I will love the scene for That's just my opinion, guys. Thank you. No, that's everybody's Appreciate opinion. Appreciate that. Now, everybody. John, you are, you are in what we like to call a majority. There were a lot of people that wanted to see Vrabel because they never thought he would be available, and he's familiar, and it seems like he's got the attitude, the tone and tenor to come in and clean house because that's what we were led to believe needed to happen. Apparently, though, <clears throat> excuse me, ownership believes the 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 coach. Uh, the The narrative is going to be the coach believes that, uh, or rather, ownership believes that the coach was the main problem. And now that they've moved on from the coach and that that had gone a bit sour and stale, that keeping things kind of similar is going to work for them. Big swing. I mean, Andy, <clears throat> it's a big swing. There could be a big miss, big home run. I think it's risky as well. Obviously, they didn't want to go with the whole culture reset that would have come with Mike Vrabel. Would have been my thing. But, hey, like you said, they believed in him. He, they, Robert Kraft wanted to learn from not hiring Belichick back in 96. So let's see how that works out. Uh, we got uh, all right. We got uh, Grant in Franklin. I don't think I've ever heard from Grant out in Franklin before. Grant, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good. How you guys doing? What's up, buddy? Super. Um, I was just curious um, who you guys think that Mayo is going to have come in and be defensive coordinator uh, now that I'm assuming Steve Belichick is going to be gone. Uh, in the past, I remember him saying if he ever gets a chance to run his own program, he'd be interested in having Hightower come in. Um, do you think that's anything that could possibly happen, or what are your thoughts on that? Uh yeah, I remember that, and there was some, I think Hightower retweeted that or put googly eyes on that on Twitter oh, did over he? the last couple of days. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to be your, I think Gerard Mayo is going to run the defense, just like he's been running it for the last couple of years with Steve. Um, I think Covington is probably, Demarcus Covington, their current D-line coach, is probably a strong candidate to get d- defensive coordinator title, even though I think Gerard will run the defense. Um I do not think Dante Dante Hightower might be a linebackers coach. I see some mm-hmm. of the old players lining up. James White was googly eyes towards the running backs coach job. Um, and we all know that can have pros and cons. I know a lot of people think Troy Brown is not a very good wide receivers coach and part of the problem with the offense and the development of receivers. So just because a guy was a great player and a great patriot and a great teammate doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great uh, coach, uh, certainly not right off the bat. But if I had to pick somebody... I would pick DeMarcus Covington. Same, same. I think we're all, you and I have heard great things about him. Uh, as Mike Dussault mentioned in the last hour, and if you missed that interview, you can go back and catch it on the Odyssey app or the Six Rings and Football Things podcast stream. Subscribe today wherever you get your awesome football podcasts and more. Last year, he got to co- he was the defensive coordinator at the Senior Bowl. Like, yep. That was a great audition for him to get that experience and get his first taste. And by all accounts, everyone is giving him his flowers and then some over... Um, uh, his work with the defensive line. He's a young guy, well-liked, and I'm sure if there's anyone who has intimate knowledge of how 
Demarcus Covington thinks and what his uh, capabilities of being a bright young defensive coordinator would be, it would be Gerard Mayo. You know, Andy, uh, in coming up in just about two hours' time, we're going to have postseason football actually kicking off. The 2023 postseason begins today, January 13th, 2024. You and I will both be kicking back with some delicious foods, beverages, and so much more. And did you know, because you can hear the games on WEEI, Boston Sports Original, that WEEI's coverage of the football season is brought to you by none other than Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. You can visit wisesnacks.com today for a chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys as well. Wise Snacks, go down to your local bodega, your packy, your grocery store, and pick up some today. I'm a Dipsy Doodles guy myself. I like their, um, I believe it's garlic and onion potato chip. Oh, it's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a winner, too. Don't eat it before you're going on a date looking to, uh, I don't know, hook up. But um, the taste is phenomenal. That's another. You've given us so many drops. We're going to have a vault of Andy Hardism lines uh, for the rest of the day. 617 and well into the air. 779-7937. When we come back, just a few minutes left. We'll see if we can clean up the calls, offer our final thoughts on a wild week, and give you our wild card picks. It's Fitzy and Hart on a Saturday here on WEI. Home stretch on this afternoon's 50 and Heart program. The Six Rings guys here with you till 3 o'clock today, at which point we will throw to some Westwood One coverage of Wild Card Weekend. Six games, two per day. If you missed the news earlier, the NFL made a weather-based decision for the safety of their fans and inclement conditions up in Buffalo to move tomorrow's game that should have been 1 o'clock with the Pittsburgh Stullers going to take on Buffalo's Bills. That game will now be played Monday at 4.30, which means that instead of just having the standalone one final farewell, which could be a bit of a wet fart game, depending on how things go, between the banged-up Philadelphia Eagles and the NFC South <clears throat> champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now you get Steelers versus Bills as well. So three days, Andy, two games per. Let's have old Joe Braverman queue up some football guys on the radio music as we make our Super wild card picks here with Fitzy and Hart, the Six Rings guys. Oh, you're right. First thing we do, we go to the Big H down in Texas. The upstart Houston, Texas. Surprise AFC South champions led by D'Amico Ryans as head coach. First year rookie head coach could get some coach of the year considerations. And his quarterback, CJ. Hey, hey, you get off of my Stroud against a team a lot of people are riding on a wave of momentum. Old man Flacco, Joe Flacco, and the Cleveland Browns, they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite as of starting time. And actually, no, it's all the way down to one-and-a-half, Andy, with an over-under of 45. Browns, one-and-a-half over the Texans. What say you, sir? Give me the Browns. Give me that defense. I'm rooting for the Texans and C.J. Stroud. I like the young team, young story, young QB thing. Uh, but I think that Browns defense is legit. I do have a slight fear that midnight strikes for Joe Flacco. Mm, that's a legitimate concern. A lot of people are wondering, too, if he isn't going to try a little too hard. Maybe he read his own clippings, and that week off last week when they didn't play him will bite him in the butt. I know over 80% of the public's money is on the Browns, and this is one of those guys that contributed to it. I will take the Browns minus one and a half, and I'll take the over of 45. All right, tonight. We go to a place that usually is warm in servings but is cold on the field. It is your Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Wonder if Tay-Tay will be in the his I apologize for none of that. 
four and a half point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungabailoa is O and in his career, Andy, when he has had to start a football game when it's been 40 degrees or less, it's going to be 45 degrees lower than 40 degrees outside. It'll be about minus five actual, about negative 30 on the real field tonight. Uh, I've been told that that's the kind of game where you just try to play as quickly as you can so you can hurry the F off the field and actually survive. Uh, I'm going to go with the chefs in this one. I'm going to take the under and the chieftains. Where are you? Yeah, give me the chiefs. Um, in that environment, I would never want to take Tua, and he's in that environment against a guy I always want to take in Patrick Mahomes. It's a layup. Give me the chiefs. Yeah, expect a big one from Isaiah Pacheco tonight. In I did Jones's. not realize this was going to be Tyreek Hill's first visit back to Kansas City. Uh, I, I forgot about that storyline, too. We've been so focused on the meteorological aspects, if you will, Joe Braverman. I forgot that this is Tyreek Hill's return with a bum ankle, no less, to Kansas City. I just, I'm sorry. I uh, We've heard that trying to catch, is like trying to catch a football in weather like this is like trying to catch a rock. How in the world can you have a... Uh, a timing-based offense like Miami's go off against Kansas City, who's got a good defense in the first place, when you can't even feel yourself. Yeah, plus they don't beat good teams. Nope. So that's a good team. Like, I just, I couldn't have any less faith in the Dolphins pulling off this upset. They were good against the Bills last year in the postseason on Sunday with Skylar Thompson, but then again, it was also much warmer uh, in the daytime up there in Buffalo, and that Buffalo team was banged up. All right, we move to Sunday now. 4.30 from Jarrah World. You have the Packers, who are seven-point dogs, on the road against the undefeated this year at Jerry World, Dallas Cowboys. If Dallas loses or gets blown out, it could be Belichick time down there by the big star. However, I think the Packers keep it close for a while. Uh, Their young receivers do a nice job, but ultimately in the end, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, and Dak, here we go, are too much for the Packers to handle. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Um, I think they have a good defense. I think they have a good offense. And I think the Pack, as much as I want to root for them, are young, not quite ready probably for this. So I think the Cowboys could probably win pretty easily. What could be the game of the weekend? Sunday night, 8 o'clock, 8.15 rather, from the Motor City. The Motor City Kitties, the NFC North champion Detroit Lions, facing the worst nightmare. Their old guy, Matthew Stafford, coming back with Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay. The Los Angeles Rams are a three-point road dog, but they are a heavy betting favorite right now. I'm actually going to take the Rams to cover the spread, if not even go money line, and pull off the heartbreaking upset in the Ford Motor Capital. Yeah, I don't... uh, This is the toughest game for me. I think this is the most interesting game. Um, I could see almost any outcome. I'm going to go with the Rams for one simple reason, and you know this. I have no respect for Jared Goff. I'm not going to start picking him and respecting him now. So give me Matthew Stafford and the Rams. All right, we move to Monday now for the rescheduled game between the Buffalo Williams and the Pittsburgh Stillers. It was supposed to be played Sunday at 1, but for weather, they moved it to Monday at 4.30, giving us a Monday Martin Luther King Day doubleheader. It doesn't matter when they play this game. The Steelers are barely a playoff team. They'll try for a while. They miss T.J. Watt. They They can generate a pass rush, but eventually the Bills grind their way to a dub in this one. I am on the money line, minus 620, meh. Can they cover the minus 10? Probably. You'd kill to be barely a playoff team right now, wouldn't you, Fitz? Oh, you know I would. <laughs> uh, give me the Bills. Give me Josh Allen. Although another one where I, I root for chaos, root for them to lose, and maybe uh, the Pagula family gets uh, cranky and says, Bill Belichick's available. We're the Bills. It makes perfect sense. Go get him. 
And one other place where they could get cranky and unhappy about the fact that their loaded roster does not yield playoff victories, the Philadelphia Eagles are a three-point favorite Monday night, 8 o'clock, ESPN, Buck and Aikman on the call at the Pirate Ship in the End Zone Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm looking for the upset. Straight up here. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans. Me too. I love the Bucs. So do I. Absolutely do. I do too. Give me the Eagles. Stars make plays in the postseason. Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, that defense. They come up big and save their coach's job. We shall see. It'll be a fun watch indeed. All right, Andy, wild week. Final thoughts before we hit the uh, the magic button that sends us to postseason coverage here on WEI? All I keep thinking back to is that famous Charles Barkley appearance in the Patriots locker room when he said, when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are gone, y'all gonna effing suck. (laughs) I hope Charles Barkley, who I enjoy so very much on the broadcast, on the floor, on social, and then some, is all kinds of wrong. I just want to say as well, it's been so much fun as a fan, as a media member, and more, talking about covering and living through the greatness, the glory, the frustrations, the failures, the success and the silly of Bill Belichick. So thanks for everything, Coach. We'll miss you around these parts for better and worse, and we'll be rooting for you wherever you end up, unless, of course, you're playing the Patriots. For Braverman for Hart, this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening to Fitzy and Hart here on Boston Sports Original WEI. Enjoy the football, everybody. Closing time.